0: Welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy, episode number 89. At the time of this recording, Bitcoins are trading at $1,186 each. Ooh, 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 Now that's gravy. <laughs> Welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy and thanks for joining me as I podcast from Nashville, Tennessee, the Bitcoin blockchain epicenter of the South. I'm your host, John Barrett, here each week with my trusty dog, Maxwell, right by my side. Say hello, Maxwell. (laughs) We're two Bitcoin fanatics who love talking with people about Bitcoin and blockchain and distributed ledger technology and sharing what we learn with you, the listener. Longtime listeners, thank you once again for supporting the show with your tips. And new listeners, we hope you enjoy the show. On today's show, I am privileged to be speaking with John Bass, the founder and CEO of Hashed Health. As you'll find out in this interview, John and his team are coming up with next generation ideas to help break down those walls between care and commerce and rebuild the system in a way that is better for health care and better for patients. Listeners today on the show, I am thrilled to have with me here in the Treehouse studio, a local guy by the name of John Bass. John is the founder and CEO of Hashed Health, a healthcare technology company focused on accelerating the commercialization of blockchain and distributed ledger technology in healthcare. John Bass, welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy.
1: Hey, thanks, John. Thanks for having me.
0: Yes, sir. Thanks for being here. So you are a local guy. You live right here in Nashville, right?
1: That's right. Born and bred. I'm one of the few people... Yeah, I think that are uh, actually from Nashville that live in Nashville these days. All my friends tend to be from uh, all over the place. But yes, I am uh, born and raised in Nashville.
0: Nice, nice. So before we jump into Hashed Health, would you share with our listeners a little bit about your background and bring it up to present and then how it led to you being involved and interested in and even knowing about blockchain technology? Sure,
1: I'd be happy to. So I uh, graduated from Chapel Hill and moved back to Nashville to get a job at Vanderbilt University Medical Center. I was an EMT at the time. And so I found my way into the division of trauma. And as I moved through the next couple of years, got more involved in management and business and IT and focused on those things and less so on the clinical side. Although I did do a lot of clinical trials work and research. And long story short, I was fortunate to become one of the initial members in a startup called impacthealth.com. It was around 99, 2000 when all the B2B platforms were standing up. So Commerce One and Ariba and all these kind of B2B companies were kind of the hot companies. And and so we created a B2B platform for healthcare. Our first client was HCA. So I spent a lot of time in HCA hospitals and uh, we iteratively rolled that product out to HCA and then commercialized it outside of HCA and grew. And then the market consolidated and Impact Health got uh, acquired by a company called MetaBuy. And then a year or two later, we uh, merged with a company called Global Healthcare Exchange, which is still around and is actually, I believe, used by about 80% of the hospitals in the country still use that product. So I was there for a total of about eight years. And so I got to see the startup grow into this massive organization. And um, I got to see kind of the evolution of kind of the dot-com era and it really kind of got into my dna but what's really interesting about what we did there was the fact that we were connecting providers and manufacturers providers and suppliers so for the first time ever they were sharing a common operating system Uh and so that's the piece that i really have taken forward in my career that idea of using technology to bring together people who traditionally don't really trust each other and i've always kind of Kept their own siloed workflows and their siloed databases um, and brought those folks together around a table to see how can we more efficiently work together and create shared value. Not only for ourselves, but for the patients, which is important as kind of a guiding light for what we do. And so after that, I left GHX and was involved in another startup called InvivoLink, which, again, we created a, a shared operating system, this time around the episode of care for surgical patients, so orthopedic and spine surgeries. And um, basically what we did was we created a single software platform that allowed surgeons and their clinic, the implant manufacturer, um, the hospital, specifically the OR, um, and the materials management department, and then the post-acute environment to all share workflows and share a common patient engagement platform. So again, the concept was how do you create a single shared operating system that spans all of these different constituents in healthcare and brings them together to drive down cost and improve quality for these patients, because before that they all worked in their own little silos and they did not work together to ensure high quality, low cost procedures for those patients. And so both companies were difficult to get off the ground because it was that kind of governance around those relationships. It's really hard to get people in healthcare to work together, but. Um, over time really proved a lot of value and, um, had successful endings. We sold Invivalink to HCA about two years ago. Okay. And I continued on for a period of time, uh, running Invivalink um, as a member of the HCA team. And then, um, and then I left there, I guess it was back in September is when I resigned and started Hashed Health and that's where we are today.
0: Okay. So Hashed Health, talking about the word hashed, can you explain to our listeners the idea of hashing something and how that relates to your company, Hashed Health.
1: Sure. Yeah. So, you know, the hashing function is part of the cryptography that is kind of the the glue that holds the blockchain together and makes it secure and scalable uh, at a a high level. And so I, I, I kind of, I think I came up with the name after reading Andreas's book, uh, Mastering Bitcoin, which was kind of one of those first books that really got me over the line of really understanding the potential for the technology. And so hashing is, is such a critical part of the technology. And, and really, you know, what it does is it takes a set of information and it breaks it down into a fixed length set of numbers and letters and... Um, that is kind of a one way path right you can't you can't unwind the hash you can't look at a hash and trace it back to its origin you can't figure out what it meant before and, and that sounds very simple but it's um it's complex from a technology and a mathematical perspective, at least for me, um, but it's an important part of why the blockchain works and why Bitcoin works. Yeah.
0: In a sense, we could say it's a thumbprint of what you've just hashed yeah. that can't be faked, can't be falsified in any way.
1: That's right. And so in our world, in Bitcoin, we use that hash, that thumbprint to represent an asset Okay. or represent a, an identity. Okay. Um, That can then be managed via the blockchain.
0: Okay. So I think it was back in October we had Nashville's very first conference called Distributed Health. Is that right?
1: That's right. Distributed Health um, was the first healthcare blockchain and distributed ledger technologies conference uh, that I know of. in the world. In the world. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That's pretty exciting. And it was cool to have it here in Nashville. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, Nashville is a is a really impressive healthcare town if you mm-hmm. if you know about it. I mean, I think 40% of the for-profit healthcare systems in the country are run out of Nashville. Mm-hmm. A lot of that kind of leads, if you kind of look at that family tree, it all kind of started with HCA. But, you know, there's a lot of different big providers and companies that have spun off of HCA, including now Hashed health And so that lineage is important. And these operators in Nashville, like HCA, are incredibly good healthcare operators. I mean, they, they really are good at taking care of patients. And so, uh, you know, it's part of part of what we believe is that we're a healthcare company at mm-hmm. Hashed And And I think a lot of that stems from some of the experts that I worked with at HCA and the other companies I've been a part of.
0: Nice. So that distributed health conference brought people from all over the country and all over the world. Um, I interviewed some people there, met some incredibly intelligent people. I did not get around to interviewing a lot of the people I wanted to. You were one of those people. David Bailey was one of those people. So I'm very happy to have you here today. What do you feel like that conference established or accomplished as the first conference. I know that some people went away from it still a little bit bewildered, like, well, what what are we doing with this? What's going to happen? But a lot of other people went away having made great contacts, having learned things they didn't know before, and with some additional information that they could take back to their companies and share and get their people excited. But what do you feel like it accomplished. And if there's another one this year, what do you anticipate it being like uh, by comparison? And uh, what do you feel like you would like to accomplish with the next one?
1: Sure. So last year, I um, was proud to have been a part of of that. And it was really where Hash health, the idea of Hash health was kind of first announced and we were amazed by the turnout. I think it ended up being close to 600 people. And I was talking to David Bailey, BTC media managed the conference Mm -hmm. and it was their initial idea. And so as we started talking about that conference, we were, you know, I thought the over under was maybe 250, 300 people. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it just exploded. And, um, I think there's such a thirst, not only in Nashville, but across the healthcare world, for things that can be disruptive. And, you know, blockchain, to me, is kind of this great new hope for healthcare. I mean, we really need a great new hope in healthcare to yeah. improve quality for patients and reduce the runaway costs. I mean, we're, we're at about $3.4 trillion right now, and we'll be at about $5 trillion in the next probably five to 10 years. And so that's becoming this kind of national security issue. And a lot of the, the same themes exist in other countries around the world. And so everyone's interested. There's a great thirst and everyone's interested for solutions to these cost problems. And so the conference was that moment when people understood that there may be something else out there. Mm-hmm. But for everyone in healthcare, it's, it's fairly new. And so, they need to be educated, they need to be organized, they need to see what use cases make the most sense now and in the future. And the more people we kind of get thinking about it, the more likely we'll be to really have some disruptive companies and products that stand up over the next few years. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think the distributed health conference last year was a Introduction and it just started a conversation. Yeah, and a lot of people did leave there with like, "Wow, that was cool. What are we going to do? Like, right. I mean, How do we get started?" Mm-hmm. And so part of what Hashed tries to do is tries to create a a way with, you know, low risk, low barrier to entry way of establishing a plan. You know, first of all, develop internal expertise. And not just be a kind of a, a boat adrift at sea, trying to figure out where the shore is, but have a plan, have a map towards getting to a use case that's you know, meaningful for you as a company mm-hmm. strategically. And then also start to try to advance some of the consumer-facing initiatives That, you know, um, won't be controlled by companies, will be controlled by consumers that are probably a little bit further away, but those are some of the really exciting opportunities. So, so again, it was just a way to start that conversation and get people thinking about it and then carry that forward. And now hashed is kind of really in the business of helping move those things down the path.
0: Nice. You know, when I look back at just three years ago in Nashville, we had our little Bitcoin meetup and uh, it turned into kind of a fiasco and then it disappeared as the price of Bitcoin went down because people in the Bitcoin world are fickle. When the price goes up, they're very excited and motivated. When the price goes down, they're very depressed and, and unmotivated. But, you know, going back three years, comparing that time to this time, well, we had BTC Media, the biggest media company in the world, I believe, just moved to Nashville last year. I think it was right the beginning of last year from Alabama David Bailey and his crew fabulous folks and now we have hashed health here so (laughs) you know I have much more and we still have a bit lunch we meet and we talk about Bitcoin and we talk about Dash and Ethereum and all of those things and it's very interesting we always have some interesting people that show up and we always have people show up who are bewildered and we do our best to educate them or set them up with a Bitcoin wallet which is always fun on their smartphone but now we have the Blockchain meetup here in Nashville. I think we've had three already. Is that right? Well, we've actually
1: had um, probably about eight. Oh, wow. But the, the first several were just more getting together and having beers with a bunch of people who shared okay. an interest, and it was like 20 people. Okay. You know, we're now up to 200, I believe. About seventy-five percent of the audience generally is a, is a healthcare. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's some education people in there. There's some music people. There's some lawyers. Mm-hmm. And um, going forward, we're also going to start creating some technical versions of that where um, we uh, bring in different developers. You know, we've got funding now, so we're actually going to be starting to fly people in and right. create some really nice speaking opportunities. And you know, our goal is to use hash and BTC and the meetups and some of the other things that we've got going on to really create Nashville as a center for blockchain activity. I would love to say generally, but let's start with healthcare.
0: What a great place to start. I mean, you know, music is important. And I just spoke with Lid Shaw earlier today on the phone. He owns the Toybox Studio here in town. And he's very interested in bitcoin and blockchain and how it's going to affect the music industry with micro tipping and everything else but yes certainly much more important than music i have to say although music is very important to me being a musician but is healthcare. you know what is more important in a person's life than their own health and the health of their families right it really has to be at the top of uh of our conversation. And I think at the top of that conversation is at the same time, the health of the earth, which all of us are concerned with what's going on with our planet right now, because that's where we live. So those two things I think have to be, should be at the very top. Now, the last blockchain meetup we had, you brought in, I think there was a gentleman that was there from China that came in. And those were the folks who are your venture capitalists, if I'm not mistaken, is that right?
1: That's right. We had Jason Fang, who's with Fimbushi Capital um, Mm -hmm. from Shanghai in town. And uh, then we had Phil Rowe from uh, Martin Ventures um, on the panel. And then we had uh, a guy named Sid Chambliss, the founder and CEO of Nashville Capital Network in town. And so we had this really interesting combination of healthcare venture capital, blockchain venture capital, blockchain expertise, healthcare expertise, and then kind of the local Nashville Angel guy. Right. Because um, we were trying to attract a lot of entrepreneurs and people who were, had started or were thinking about starting companies here in Nashville. So I thought it was a great conversation. Yeah. And uh, I think it was a, a great turnout. We had about close to, I think, around close to 80 people there.
0: Yeah, that was great. So my understanding of venture capitalists, and I'm not an expert on the subject by any means, but is that a venture capitalist really will not traditionally will not invest in something unless they've done some research and they believe that that's a good place to put their money. So Hashed Health, as you all are saying, you're working to accelerate the commercialization of blockchain and also distributed ledger technology. How do you convince them that what you're doing is going to bear some fruit?
1: Right. First of all, my lead investor, charlie martin and martin ventures is not your typical vc i mean okay yeah he's a guy who wants to work in the latter part of his career to kind of change the system because he doesn't feel like it's working very well mm-hmm. so he spent the first half the majority of his career building companies like hca and Arinda and vanguard health big for-profit healthcare companies and you know he you know obviously still supports those companies but he wants to really advance the patient-centric piece of healthcare mm-hmm. and he's really interested in at least from my understanding breaking down the traditional commerce care relationship mm-hmm. and rebuilding it in a way that serves the patient better mm-hmm. so how do you do that well the blockchain is a technology that creates a whole new connectivity, the new connective tissue within the healthcare marketplace could be built on top of the blockchain and accomplish that goal. put the patient at the middle, mm-hmm. create a world where the patient is you know in control of their information, has access to their information, is maybe wearing a device that you know we're really learning something from, able to be cared for at home or at a place that is best for them rather than maybe in a hospital um, all the time. And so there are all of these themes when you're in healthcare, you spend your life kind of hearing these themes, patient-centric care, coordinated care, you know, value-based care. And those, you know, over time kind of become almost marketing slogans. It's rare that you see a technology come along that actually can accomplish that in a meaningful way. And Mm -hmm. I think that's why Charlie... And I and um, Finbushi Capital are really excited about this hashed health in the blockchain. Mm-hmm. And so it is a venture-backed company. We are in the business of commercializing this technology. But we believe that we can do good for people and do good for uh, our investors at the same time. And the way we do that is by educating the marketplace on what the blockchain should and should not do, what kind of projects are appropriate and what kind of projects are not, Um, and then organizing them around specific use cases that are strategically important to their success over time. Mm -hmm. The blockchain has the potential to be very disruptive to a lot of the established healthcare companies. Anyone who sits as a middleman between a patient and a provider, a patient and their medical record, their information, a provider and a payer, a provider and a manufacturer, those intermediaries who are kind of a product of fee-for-service healthcare and kind of the old system.
0: They need to start ne- looking for ne- a new job, right? Need to pay, well, they need to pay attention <laughs> and they can either right.
1: become a part of a sure. patient-centric system or they can be a, a casualty. yeah guys Yeah, it.
0: This episode of Bitcoins and Gravy is brought to you by our good friends at moonshinebootwax.com. Made by hand in small batches right here in East Nashville, Tennessee, Moonshine Cowboy Boot Wax is the original all-natural, non-toxic boot wax with a scent of orange. Moonshine Cowboy Boot Wax is a proprietary blend of American beeswax and other fine all-natural ingredients. It's specially formulated to feed and protect your leather while also offering an excellent long-lasting shine. Whether it's your cowboy boots, your expensive wingtips, or your wife's favorite pumps, Moonshine Boot Wax is a must-have for gentlemen who care about their appearance. Moonshine Boot Wax is proud to partner with Community Food Advocates, a non-profit organization working to end hunger by creating a healthy, just, and sustainable food system. Together with Community Food Advocates, Moonshine Cowboy Boot Wax is making a positive difference in the Nashville community, one shine at a time. You can buy your very own 4-ounce tin today by going to moonshinebootwax.com, and best of all, you can pay you. Using Bitcoin.
1: So I think that's where the interest is from a lot of companies and from our VCs as well. So healthcare in, in the next five to ten years will be probably a five trillion dollar market. And the experts will tell you that about a third of that is waste. A third of that is wasteful spending. So that is a huge opportunity that a lot of people are attracted to. Yeah. And so sure, that that's the driver of the VC activity, mm-hmm. you know, at a very high level in healthcare. But what really you think about every day, and your kind of guiding star is the patient. You know, people should have access to their information companies and others should not be creating value for themselves off of your data. And we should have a truly value-based system. And so there's a lot of opportunities within that to use blockchain to really help patients. And so I think that's that's really what we try to make sure every project we're a part of, everything we do, every use case has that in mind, has that patient-centric viewpoint in mind. And I think that you can do good for those patients while also pleasing your VC partners.
0: Yeah, I agree. I've always said it's so important to make what's good profitable because the profit motive is so high but you know the commercialization of what we're talking about with hashed health is very important because how else are you going to motivate people you know just promises of how things could be better That's not going to carry things forward. What's going to carry things forward is an industry that has specific goals. And one of those is saving money. The other one is profit. And there's nothing wrong with that, Mm -hmm. I think. right? But like you said, with the moral compass being all eyes on the patient, that we are ourselves patients and we're going to be as we get older we're going to be patients one day once again most of us in a serious way where we're going to need some serious health as we get into our 70s 80s and maybe we'll be lucky enough to get into our 90s so from your average person's perspective i think your average person still is very much in the dark about how can any of this help me in any way you know it seems like just another company that's gonna probably charge me a lot if i don't have good insurance or they're going to work with the insurance companies and their rates are going to be higher than i can afford and i think those are all fears that people have as they see healthcare costs you know go through the roof i tell people the example of uh, my friend connie whose father passed away last year and he was in the hospital for 30 days And uh, in many ways, I feel the hospital really dropped the ball. And in a sense, I could say I feel like the hospital killed him. But regardless, his bill that she got, she's had to look at all of that since he's passed away for 30 days was over $400,000. That's insanity, right? That's pure insanity. We all know it's insanity, right? Mm -hmm. And we know that that can change. So uh, to think about something like hashed health and to, to look at what you all are doing, to me, Uh, Knowing that I'm going to be one of those old guys one day and and looking at both of my parents who are turning 80 this year Mm -hmm. and are going to need more health care as time goes on, hopefully, you know, it causes me great concern, you know, and especially when I look at people who don't have any means, who don't have good insurance or who don't have a good nest egg or Social Security coming in to help them pay or defer these costs. uh, I think it's a really scary time for a lot of people, uh, particularly uh, for people who don't have money. But that idea that a patient can have control of their own health records, that sounds to me so empowering in your thinking, is that situation one where a patient would, for instance, be able to control what insurance companies were able to access their healthcare information? Might they at some point have exclusive rights to their healthcare records?
1: Yeah. So you said some really interesting things and so I have a lot of of thoughts. So I think that like anywhere else with the blockchain, it's so early and we're just kind of, We tend to always think about short-term projects that uh, are kind of around the edges of the current system. So, you know, specific to medical records, you know, I use my past seven or eight years at Link to think about the idea of providers opening and closing the door to their patient portal as a patient moves through an episode of care, moves through their lives. And so your primary care physician has a patient portal and a medical record system. Your hospital has a patient portal and medical record system. Um, you know, my old company and Vivalink had one. Your post-acute provider has one. So in you know, your typical knee replacement, for example, you'll be asked to sign up to or contribute to maybe four or five different patient portals, and none of them talk to each other very well or at all. And all that information goes into your medical record and you've got all these versions of you and some of them are incorrect. I mean, some of them are not, The questions aren't answered appropriately or people fat finger something or whatever. Hmm. And so the idea, you know, one initial idea that we talk about a lot right now is how do you use the blockchain to flip that over and say you as a patient will have on like, just like your Bitcoin wallet the ability to open and close the door to your medical record. So as you go see people throughout your life, you will let them in and then um, close the door on them when you don't need them accessing your medical record anymore. And it is portable. It's fluid, and you carry it along with you. And you're the one who gets to do what you will with that. If you want to submit that information to research, if you want to somehow create value for yourself out of that information, that's your choice. Hmm. Um, that's one of my favorite things to think about and talk about. The commercialization of that product is very difficult and will take a long time. And there's a lot of technologies around APIs and things that aren't kind of perfect yet Mm -hmm. that need to be matured. But that's the future. That will happen. And I hope Hashed has a role to play in in making that happen. And I know that Charlie Martin and others who I um, talk to a lot agree with that but there will probably require some social investment in order to make that happen because it's not about making money. It's about doing the right thing for patients. And mm-hmm. it's, it's more of a social kind of activity than some company coming in and saying, we're going to do this. We're going to own it. We don't want to do it that way. Right. So, right. so that's, that's one thing. And then, you know, but really what is, is as exciting as that for me at least is thinking about the fact that in two or three years everything's evolving so quickly mm-hmm. i mean i love what the bitcoin guys are doing around state channels and streaming money and all the, all these kind of cool ideas and then there's all kinds of different technologies that are maturing at a pretty rapid rate yeah and so you take those advances and you start to think about new economies and new ideas and, and we haven't i don't think we've thought about what's going to happen in five or ten years yet i yeah. think we're we're going to get there in a couple of years once we kind of stand up some initial use cases and learn from those. And the Gartner hype cycle crashes on us. But yeah. the real ideas will come in a couple of years. And the people who get involved now are the ones who are going to be able to come up with those ideas because they're going to understand what's possible and they're going to learn. Yeah, And that's what we, one, one of the things we kind of mention over and over to our hashed health constituents is get involved now so you can be part of that. That's going to be the fun discussion. It's going to be a little, you know, there's going to be projects that stand up this year and next year, and they're going to have marginal value probably. It's going to be like track and trace and some master data management stuff. And, um, you know, these are, these are our gateway projects. And there's, there's others um, around research and there's five or six different kind of common use cases in healthcare. None of those are probably going to change the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're going to be good gateways. We call them gateway projects. They'll be the gateways that set the stage for these really neat kind of blue ocean concepts um, that we'll get into here in a couple years. That's where blockchain will really prove itself. Um, so we got a little ways to go, but now's the time to, yes. to get expertise and to you know get yourself into a position where you can you can really help people down the road. My grandfather is 106. Wow! he still goes to work.
0: Are you kidding? Several me? days a week. Well, no. What does he do?
1: He's uh he's an attorney. Wow. He, he's not practicing, but he still he you know he still goes in. 106. And, and, and he's still totally like dialed in and fun to talk to and just an amazing guy. And I'm I'm just mm. really fortunate. But community and purpose and those things are kind of I think some of the keys. And yes. Um, he has a community around him. He has family around him that help him. Mm-hmm. Um, get to work at home, and it's really neat to see. And it's a, it's a real lesson. Yeah, I think our society has lost a lot of that sense of real community. I mean, social networks aren't a real community, I don't think, in a lot of ways. I mean, I think real community is real friends and family. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, as we look at breaking down that commercial care relationship and rebuilding it in a new way, you know, technology is going to play an important role, but community... And so, you know, for example, one of the one of the concepts that's really neat is this kind of bringing the sharing economy into healthcare and a communal economy into healthcare. Hmm. And it doesn't have to be like based off super social networks and things that you know. It can be some technology that just supports what I consider real community and real sharing and new real ways to pay for healthcare and to provide services. And so, like maybe even bring elements of that communal society where your 17-year-old is the person taking care of the grandfather. Those are some interesting concepts. And in my mind, I think the blockchain, believe it or not, plays a role in some of that stuff down the road.
0: Yeah, I think so, absolutely. You know, I remember a book I read a few years back, Blue Zones or The Blue Zone. Yeah, Blue Zones. Familiar with that? And one example the guy gave, he traveled the world trying to figure out Why some of these people were living longer than other people, and some of the things he discovered, in addition to diet and daily exercise, one of the communities, the children, when they're born, they're paired, I think, with two or three other children in that community, and those are their friends uh, for life. And they don't necessarily hang out with them all the time, they're not related to them, but they are charged with taking care of each other. So they, from the time they're born until the day they die, they are around these people and spending time with these people and if they need help, these people help them and they help those people. And Just that idea right there um, in terms of what you were talking about as far as the social aspect of healthcare, the, the social aspect of health and of mental health, I think that's so important. So yes, I agree that the social media we see these days is not necessarily similar to that concept that in many ways, in my opinion the social media that we see that so many people are involved in is isolating us that we sit at home. And yes, we have made contact with old friends from elementary school and kindergarten and high school and college and all of that. But are we sitting at home doing this there on the computer talking with them? Or are we out holding hands with somebody or hugging somebody or helping somebody get across the street or what have you? So I like to think that people are innately aware that something is not quite right with the social media frenzy that we're now involved in uh, and that there will be a return out of necessity most likely to something that is more akin to uh, actual human contact that's yeah. my thinking
1: yeah and you mentioned diet you know i thought so too and and i realized my grandfather eats like a lot of mayonnaise sandwiches and drinks Budweiser on ice pretty
0: much every night. So Wait, did you say Budweiser on ice cream? <laughs>
1: on ice. On oh, ice. Oh. No, he, he drinks Budweiser on ice. It's on like... ice. Oh my so god! I, 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 we spend Sundays over there watching football, drinking Budweiser on ice. And that that's is just, so That's funny. just kind
0: of his thing. But so that's the key to <laughs> so. is Budweiser think... on ice. What was the other one? <laughs> and
1: mayonnaise sandwiches. <laughs> and mayonnaise sandwiches <laughs> on
0: white bread, or is it a good wheat?
1: Oh, I'm sure it's like old school white <laughs> bunny bunny bread, bunny uh, bread. Uh, okay, yeah. He's not buying the uh, expensive. That's
0: hilarious. Good stuff. Wow. 105, 106, 106. Wow. That's just amazing. Yeah. Wow. So you have that longevity in your family. That's great. Yeah. My, my people usually check out around 80 something. So (laughs) you never know, right? (laughs) Never know. John, before we go, tell our listeners about some exciting things that are coming up that they may be able to take part in, or at least watch from a distance.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot going on. Um, Next week in Atlanta, there's the Distributed Markets Conference. It's not a healthcare conference, but it, it deals with kind of insurance and payments. And so there okay. will be a healthcare piece there. So that's in Atlanta next week, the Distributed Markets Conference. And then in March, there's a lot going on. Uh, there's an ONC hackathon just for healthcare as part of um, the Blockchain Summit in D.C. Okay. Um, and then the following week is a healthcare blockchain um summit in dc wow so you got a healthcare hackathon sponsored by the onc which is really interesting that the government is sponsoring a healthcare hackathon and then um and then the following week there's a healthcare blockchain conference so there's a couple weeks there where there's a lot going on in dc and then we are planning on doing a um a follow-up to distributed health and i think september is going to be the date and that's going to be a much larger event that is really going to focus on um, taking what we did in September, last September with distributed health around just kind of introductory conversation and really push it forward to where we're, we're what we're looking at doing is having like an international uh, healthcare blockchain conference that's several days um, that does a lot like a demo day a lot of interesting speakers, you know, it's basically stepping it up a notch. Okay. And then also combining with that the Health Annual Consortium Meeting, which will be a, probably a day-and-a-half event that focuses on um, consortium activities, work groups, and POCs that we're advancing. So right now we've got a provider data management platform. Uh, we've got a medication list platform. We've got an IoT platform. And by then we'll probably have a few others. And so we will uh, be focusing on those and also those use cases that are in kind of just getting started that don't have a demo or product yet, but um, some of our members are organizing around. So it's going to be a really neat show Um, that I think will draw a really big crowd from all over the
0: world. Are you talking about here in Nashville? Here in Nashville. Okay, now what's the venue? Do you know yet?
1: Just like last year, at least part of it will be at the Skirmerhorn Symphony Center. Okay. Um, And then there will be kind of breakout sessions that will have to be in neighboring venues.
0: Very exciting. John, can you think of any good way to sum up the interview today for our listeners? Optimistic words of wisdom that we might leave our listeners with. To keep people interested in the idea of hashed health, your company, and also everything we've talked about today uh, for healthcare, for patients, and for progress?
1: Well, I mean, a, a couple things, I guess, is you know, hashed health kind of embodies this conversation. Like, so it's all about collaboration mm-hmm. and communal learning and, and working together. There's no way in the world hashed by itself can stand up products and commercialize those products and work with the industry and with the regulators to, to change things for the better so we are very open to our whole business is and will be about partnerships and um, working with really smart people some people who are a lot smarter than we are honestly to move things forward and to come up with these next generation ideas and to help us kind of break down those walls between care and commerce and rebuild them in a way that is kind of better for consumers and creates value. We've got great ideas and we've got about 30 different projects that we're working on right now, all healthcare, but some could expand beyond healthcare, but they're, they're all starting in kind of the healthcare sphere. Okay. Um, but we're going to need a lot of help and a lot of people around those things. And so that's what Health is trying to do is work with entrepreneurs and work with established businesses who are thought leaders and who want to st- be involved in projects that uh, advance those initiatives first through POCs and um, initial use cases and then iterate to commercialization um, and adoption, not just in the U.S., but uh, around the world. Um, Some of the projects we're working on are kicking up in Europe and in Asia and and so we we believe that some of these use cases actually will probably move more quickly in in other geographies. Mm-hmm. And you know why are we doing it? Well, we're doing it because we believe that this technology represents that next great hope for healthcare. And without it, what do you have? I mean, it's not getting done in DC. It's not it's not really getting done anywhere. You need a new rail. You need some new technology that creates new opportunity. Yeah. And um, I don't see anything else out there. Quantum computing is a ways off. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So that's why I believe in it. And I think we can do it in a way that really helps a lot of people.
0: Nice. Well, I'll tell you what, if I were to put anybody at the helm of the hashed health ship, knowing that that person had a strong moral compass. I would put you at the helm. And I mean that because I've not known you for that long, but in the time that I've known you and the people who I know that know you, they have nothing but good things to say about you. And you are, in my opinion, a man of integrity and of conscience. And I think that is critical to uh, to what you're doing. I really, really do. So that idea of breaking down the walls between care and commerce. So important, so so relevant, so timely for where we are right now in our country and in the world and with healthcare.
1: Yeah, I agree. Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: Thank you, John. Hey, thanks for being on the show. Listeners, you've been listening to John Bass, the founder and CEO of Hashed Health. John, please, if you would, tell our listeners the best way that they can find out about Hashed Health online or how they could find you if they had information to share with you.
1: Sure, yeah, at www.hashtelf.com, or uh, you can email me at jbass at
0: Great. You heard it here on Bitcoins and Gravy, ladies and gentlemen. John Bass, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, thanks, John. Thank you. Bye. Bye. to thank my guest on today's show, John Bass, the founder and CEO of Hashed Health. John, thank you for taking time to talk to us today, and thanks for all you've done and continue to do to improve our health care system. Listeners, make sure to check out the show notes for information about getting in touch with Hashed Health and for links to the conferences and summit that John mentioned in the interview. And an extra special thanks to our sponsor Moonshine Cowboy Boot Wax, the original all-natural non-toxic boot wax with a scent of orange. The Nashville Wax Company is now offering Moonshine Miracle Residue Remover for removing stubborn sticky stuff. It's like goo gone but without the toxic petroleum-based chemicals. All Moonshine products are 100% natural and are available at 15 different fine retail outlets in the Nashville area, including the shops at the Nashville airport and the Country Music Hall of Fame store in the Omni Hotel. To order a tin of Moonshine Boot Wax or a 4-ounce bottle of Moonshine Miracle Residue Remover, stay where you are. That's right, without even getting up out of your chair, just go to MoonshineBootWax.com, use your credit card card, your debit card, or better yet, pay the modern way with Bitcoin. That's right, Bitcoin, the modern way to pay at moonshinebootwax.com. And finally, I'd like to thank my loyal listeners. That's you for tuning in and for such great feedback about the show. Your comments in the show notes are always appreciated and sometimes lead to some pretty interesting discussions. Also appreciated are the tips that you send to my Bitcoin wallet. I'm a hard-working guy with two jobs and without a lot of money, so every little bit counts. Even a 50-cent tip sent to my wallet goes a long way to making me feel that doing this job on a volunteer basis is worth it. It also helps keep the lights on and food in my belly. Signing off now from Nashville, Tennessee, I'm John Barrett, the host of Bitcoins & Gravy, here each week with my trusty dog, Maxwell, right by my side. Say goodbye, Maxwell. (laughs) Until next week, friends, remember that the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men and women to do nothing. So get out there and do something, y'all, and be proud of it.
2: climb aboard, y'all. This train is bound for glory. And there's plenty of room for all. Well, Satoshi Nakamoto, that's a name I love to say. And we don't know much about him, but he came to save the day. When he wrote about the way things are and the way things ought to be, he gave us all a protocol this world had never seen. A bit As you're going into the old blockchain Or Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain Gonna rain, till everybody knows Everybody knows, till everybody knows your name Bankers count our money out for every government Oh, Bitcoin flies on through the skies of virtuality A promise to deliver us from age-old tyranny Oh, Bitcoin, as you're going into the old blockchain Oh, Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, gonna rain Till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your name everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows you Give me
0: some exposure.
2: Everybody knows your name, sing it. Oh, Lord, pass me some more. Oh, Lord, before I have to go. Oh, Lord, pass me some more. Oh, Lord, before I have to go. Other
0: out there. You hear? I know that it may sound absurd, but I have for you a magic word, and today the magic word is health, H-E-A-L-T-H, health, as in the sentence, I'm excited about the prospect of breaking down the walls between healthcare for patients and commerce, because isn't it really true that the health of a human being is far more important than making money health h e a l t h
2: we have front row seats in the development of a historic technology that is doing things that have never been done before and every day that goes by i just feel amazed at having this opportunity to be frontline observer and sometimes influencer in what is turning out to be perhaps a historic generational worldwide impactful disruptive change in technology one that will create history and that is an amazing feeling <laughs>